0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Blue Wire.
2: The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Ladies
0: Over, Love it get up or get out the
2: way, Trey Young.
1: Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Jason Pat. I actually do not have my normal co-host ricky O'Donnell here today. He might be uh, drowning his sorrows after the uh, poor Chicago White Sox lost the Houston Astros in uh, four games yesterday. Uh, I bet I put $100 on the White Sox, not a White Sox fan. I jumped on their bandwagon and they really let me down. So that was unfortunate. So I think Ricky's licking his wounds here. Hopefully the Chicago sky kind of uh, get him back uh, on the right track. They play in game two of the WNBA finals tonight. Uh, and then obviously we got the Bulls coming up. We got the NBA season starting, I think, in a couple days. The Bulls start in a week, so that's exciting. The Bulls, their last preseason game, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they finally didn't win in a blowout. They won their first few games in a blowout. They beat the Cavs by like 40 in the first game. They beat the Pelicans by similar in the second game. And I will have a Pelicans guest coming up here. Uh, I'll bring him home, bring him on shortly. But yeah, they beat the Cavs in their third preseason game. Uh, it was nice to see Io Dasunmu Bulls rookie, Illinois guy, uh, winning them. The game down the stretch with a few clutch buckets. I'm used to seeing that as an Illinois fan. Uh, So that was really cool to see. But yeah, Bulls 3-0 still in preseason. Some good news on the Patrick Williams front. He is back at practice. He's feeling good. It sounds like he might be able to play in this last preseason game on Friday against the Grizzlies. Not confirmed yet, I don't think. But it sounds like everything's trending that way. So that seems like he's coming back a bit early from his injury. We did get some not-so-great news on Kobe White. Looks like he's still, I think Billy Donovan said he's like 3-4, weeks away from even like uh them figuring out what the next steps are so that's mid-november he hasn't taken contact yet he's contact yet he's still a bit a ways away from that so looks like he might be out till mid to late november hopefully it doesn't go into december but that's kind of a bummer there's been also some roster churn at the end of the roster i honestly don't even really care about that we'll move on from that stuff let's talk about the bulls i mentioned i had a pelicans guest coming on so let's bring him on right now this is Shmid Dua. He is also a Blue Wire guy. He's part of the In the Know, uh, In the Know podcast. That is part of the part of the Bourbon Streets Shots. I think I said that right. Uh, yeah. Schmidt, how are you? How are you doing today?
3: Hey, what's up, Jason? I'm doing well, man. I'm uh, excited to do this and and talk about uh, what I assume is going to be a very uh, fun topic in in Lonzo Paul, but everything else, Chicago Bulls and and Pelicans a little bit too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, yeah, the Lonzo thing has uh, dominated, obviously, a huge, huge aspect of the Bulls offseason. Uh, we're still waiting on the tampering thing. We can talk about that uh, coming up here. Uh, obviously, the Bulls, they got Lonzo right away in the sign-and-trade with the Pelicans. Uh, four years, $80 million. Going to the Pelicans was Garrett Temple, Tomas Sadaransky. and was it a second-round pick? Is that right? Did I uh, yeah. get that right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the Bulls got Lonzo. And I guess we'll just start with just the whole Lonzo situation because I know Lonzo pretty polarized. I don't know if polarizing is the right way to put it in New Orleans. I know he has – we're going to have to get used to it as Bulls fans. Some very uh, eager, maybe very obnoxious uh, fans, stands, whatever you want to call them, that I know (laughs) you and all the the Be careful. Yeah, Be careful with your language. They'll come after you. Yeah, dealt with that. Um, I guess just what was your – your take on the Lonzo experience in New Orleans, how he's developed as a player and just your th- thought on him. I guess the Pelicans not paying up uh, to keep him or to maybe trying more to keep him and uh, him just joining the bulls like, right away, right out of free agency.
3: Yeah. So there's a, a lot to unpack with, with regarding Lonzo. Um, he was brought in as part of the Anthony Davis trade. Um, while I think most will agree that Brandon Ingram was kind of the centerpiece of that trade. Some might, I, at that time would have argued that it was the fourth overall pick I may mean, that may have been the centerpiece of the trade, but Lonzo ball was not an insignificant piece by any means. And, you know, um, analytically, like he was the best player at the time that came over in the trade. That's what a lot of people thought that, you know, Ingram who had gotten surgery with regards to, um, a blood clot or a clotting issue um, was going to be a question mark. We didn't know what his health was going to be, but he's also in the finer year of his rookie deal, and, and so he was also due a lot of money. So I, I don't know if um, you know, at that moment people thought so highly of Ingram. But whereas Lonzo, you know, he was only in the year uh, league for two years. He had um a few injuries that you know, that kind of held him back a little bit, and but people were optimistic about what he could be next to Zion Williamson as a point guard and uh, what he could be next to drew holiday. You know, there was a lot of talk about them being sort of the best defensive uh, guard duo um, in the league. And so there was a lot of intrigue a lot around Lonzo. The biggest question mark of course was his shooting um, both from the three point line and the free throw line. And, you know, right away he came over and they made huge strides in correcting that. And, um, you know, his, his first year, he kind of, he started off a little bit slow. And then uh, as he settled into Alvin's Gentry's system and then especially as Zion came back, like he really started snapping and, and shining in a, a fast paced environment. Uh, he looked like a really good compliment to, to Zion Williamson and, uh, and then, you know, Brandon Inger by extension. And then the next year, um, more of the same, where he started a little bit slow in Stan Dundy's system before uh, turning it on around February um, really starting to, to heat up from threes and he, he takes a large volume of threes uh, yep. you know seven eight a game and hitting 38 percent of them is, is no joke right and that's the kind of shot making every team needs and you know it, it may not come with some sort of commanding gravity as long as he's making them pay that's that's the most important thing and um, it's been it's been really cool to kind of watch his evolution as a shooter uh, which I think is the area that people least expected it to take strides in at least like this level of strides. Right. It's, it's, right, it's yep. rare for someone to go from like a, a total F to like a, a B plus, you know? Yep. Um, and, and so he, and, and, you know, credit to him and the work he's put into that and where, where I think Pelicans fans expected him to excel at was honestly where maybe they've been a little bit surprised. They expected him to be a floor general, um, someone who can, uh, create easy looks for teammates and kind of break down the defense and be a a true point guard. And, um, and this is, I think where there's the pretty big disconnect in kind of like maybe what he sees himself as and what he's actually been able to do so far on the court. You know, he is excellent, excellent in the open floor. Um, You know, he has this amazing ability to download the information that's in front of him. Um, quickly assess who's going to be the open person and get them the ball. And in that sometimes immediately after grabbing the rebound, right? He grabs the rebound. They'll see 70 feet ahead of him. Oh, there's someone throw a pinpoint pass. And you're like, Oh my gosh, this is exhilarating. Like, you know, he, he does these insane things. And then when you get him into the half court, it's the polar opposite. Um, in, yeah. in my opinion, you know, he's, he, his handle isn't um, quite that strong and neither neither is his footwork uh, with the ball. And so that prevents him from, you know, despite being a, a good size for a guard, despite being fast, because um, like in straight line speed, he has a lot yeah. of it, oh, yeah. right? Um, I, I don't think his, his hips necessarily turn well enough to, you know, when when he receives a pick and he's turning that corner, um He's he often doesn't, you know, he doesn't get past more than one foot into the three point line. Right. He gets, and then that's when he wants to release the ball. He wants to throw that early pocket pass, which is good for it. when you have a big like Zion, right. You yeah, give him, you get him that early pocket pass, get him in space. He's going to, you know, he's going to make something happen. But like when you're playing with like a plotting big, like Steven Adams, he's not going to do anything with that. Pass. You know, <laughs> um, when you're, when you're playing with Derek favors he's not going to do anything with that pass. And so, um, you know, when it comes to sort of like raising the floor of a team by, by just being someone who can consistently create advantages um, when the game slows down, that wasn't Lonzo, but he's definitely a ceiling raiser. And I think with the Bulls and how they have uh, Zach, they have DeMar DeRozan in, in even Alex Caruso and and Vucevic, um, you know, all these guys who are really good at creating those breaks in the defense, creating those, uh, leverage points for Alonzo to take advantage of. It's a team that's uniquely suited to his strengths and, you know, whatever the marketing they want to do about, Oh, he's going to have the ball in his hands, right, more, yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> I was gonna bring they, that can say, they can yeah. say all that to make him happy, but yeah. like realistically, and I think you're going to see this in the, pre- you, you've saw, seen this in the preseason, like in the half court, you know, like DeMar is going to have the ball, yeah. Zach's going to Zach. have the ball, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's okay. Right. That's not a yeah. negative uh, as long as Lonzo continues to do everything he's good at, which is push the pace, uh, be a menace in transition, um, be a menace in the passing lanes. You know, he's been extremely active on the defensive end. It seems like on the preseason, yeah, generating awesome. all kinds of yeah. you know blocks and steals and, and just, you know, all around creating havoc. And, and that's what um, my vision for Lonzo has been. Uh, and I wish, you know, that could have been who he was on the Pelicans. I just don't think it was meant to be for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think he was a little bit less accepting of that role um, on, on this team. And, and, and part of that, you know, has to do with Stan and Gundy's just not uh, <laughs> did not connect very yeah. well <laughs> with the players um, yeah. at all. And, <laughs> and part of that has to be that, you know, the Pelicans are not as suited um, as the bulls are at their perimeter spots in terms of those advantage creation yeah. opportunities. When you have, when you take Zion off the floor, you know, it's really Brandon Ingram is the only person that can kind of create those looks. And, and as good as Brandon is, he's not an offensive engine yet. You know, he's not, you know, like I would say like Zach's better at that kind of stuff um, in, in a vacuum. Um, Zach's also like more willing to take these Uh, you know, like take a lot of threes. Uh, yeah. Ingram's taken as many strides as Lonzo has on his three point shot, but um you know, and he, and he gets up a decent amount, like six or so a game, but he still very much prefers to get in that mid-range spot or get downhill if he can, where, you know, Zach's become sort of this, like, unreal shot maker, both off the dribble and, you know, in, in the catch and shoot. And um, that kind of stuff can, like, really carry lineups. And what the Pelicans sort of needed from Lonzo was to be someone that can create consistency for others because they, didn't, they don't have that. And yeah. investing, you know, $20 million – in and sort of keeping together a team that was you know what like a 36 i forget how many wins yeah they were, they, like were very good, yeah, they, they were very good yeah they were all really right good. flashes um, yeah yeah and so like what you're gonna do is just you know you're doubling down on that skill set and and making a team more expensive uh and also like you're not really giving an opportunity to see what you have on your roster and alexander walker and um and, and kyra lewis so I understand you know like from a business perspective why they why they moved on and frankly like i was arguing for it too um you know i just it just seemed that the time had come for both parties like to sort of writing
1: um, on the wall basically i was gonna ask like was there like a, a number you would have been like finite you think a number they would the pelicans would have been fine at? or do you think he was gone like no matter what like like
3: um no I, yeah i mean i think if it was like anything under like 18 million they would have they would have held on to that um and and it's not that like I think like Lonzo was like keen to get out. I just think he yeah. understood like A, I have a real market. Someone yeah. is going to pay me what I want. And B, you know, like they're they're telling me what I want to hear as well. Yeah. And and so uh, you know, the Bulls have were no um no, they didn't shy away from courting him. You know, especially Obviously. at the at the deadline, <laughs> and and to the point where you know where the both teams are now caught up in a tampering case. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this seems like it's been in, in the works for quite some time and and uh, Clutch certainly uh, identified Bulls as a, a good home for him and he you know realized that, hey, I get to be in a, a little bit of a bigger market, um, get my money and then like secretly I, I get to kind of play the role that I'm good at without having too much responsibility. So it's a really good spot for him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you mentioned the point about like him having the ball in the half court. And like he and me today, they were like, Oh yeah, I talked to Billy and like they've told me like I'm gonna be more of a traditional point guard this year instead of like the three and D roll ahead. And I was like, I mean, maybe a little bit you will, but like, I mean, realistically, like that's just not going to happen. You have Zach and DeRozan there. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like maybe, maybe they give them a bit more opportunities. However, they stagger. I mean, Billy's going to stagger these guys, obviously, but yeah, we'll see. I guess bring up back to the tampering thing. Like, I'm really curious, like what is going on there? Like we've heard like nothing. Uh, I know like my guy, Cody Westerlin wrote at the score. Oh, we heard maybe they could lose a first round pick. I know Ethan George Strauss wrote something on his sub stack about that same thing. And he went into this whole thing about Woj and Shams. Uh, I mean, <laughs> have you heard like anything or do you like, do you have any idea like how that's or, like any insight on that or, or just your thoughts on it in general, like obviously like tampering clearly happens all across the league. Like obviously the bulls were talking to him at the deadline. They were, they had the deal worked out literally right at the start of free agency. Like, I guess even just in general, your thoughts on the tampering thing—just like should it even be a thing? Like should
3: I, <laughs> team, like- I? I think it's all bullshit. I mean, yeah. like to, to be honest, like first of all, um, the only reason this is happening is because Rich Paul won. Like we couldn't keep it in his pants. Like yeah. I'm sorry, that's that's what happened, right? So, <laughs> um, like Shams tweeted out who is, you know, um, uh, he employs Rich Paul as his agent as well. Tweeted out immediately that this, you know, this deal was going down. They did not have to do that. You know, they did not have to do that. And from my understanding, neither team wanted that to come out um, with that kind of swiftness. But, you know, Rich Paul's like, hey, I did well for my client. I want the world to know it's free advertising. Let's go. And so due to his eagerness, um, two teams are going to going to suffer. And, you know, luckily for Rich Paul... Uh, the deal, you know, like, I think it was pretty quickly decided that the deal was not going to be voided. Right. Yeah. Um, but but, you know, there was a brief moment where there was some sort of uncertainty there. Like, is the deal going to be voided? Are like the Pelicans going to Renee on it? Are they going to, you know, like there was a lot of speculation around that. Um, but you know, they're like, okay, the deal went through. And now it's been, like, what, two months, three months almost?
1: Yeah, I mean, then, that was, what, beginning of August? So it is yeah. two and a half months at this point. Like, the, the Bucks won last year with Bogdanovich, I think, was, like, a month. So we're literally, like, tw- twice. Not even. Long. That, that yeah. was, like,
3: uh, like in a, within a week. And then, you know, like, Bob Myers said something about um, Ben Simmons. And then, like, the next day he gets fined $50,000 yeah. for tampering. It's like, oh, you can do that investigation. <laughs> and then, like, you know, like, you have Kelly Olenek signing at 6.12 instead of 6 o'clock. And apparently, you know, like, hey, we can uh, – hammer out a deal in 12 minutes but and that wasn't tampering so the subjectivity of like how they choose to kind of enforce this and um kind of like the spirit of like what it's trying to accomplish just doesn't make sense to me from like an NBA perspective like I think there's very real kind of like tampering issues and like other um issues that question the integrity of the league that the NBA turns a blind eye on and then they choose to kind of enforce this yeah um but with regards to what the punishment is and when it's going to be doled out like you know like i think last week two weeks ago i was hearing you know buzz about oh they're going to announce the punishment in like the following week and it's that was two weeks ago and they, you know there's still crickets on that and um but yeah i mean i think the speculation has been the bulls are going to get hit uh, a little bit harder than the pelicans and the pelicans are going to mostly get hit for the garrett temple stuff which is like yeah completely ridiculous like really like this is the we're going <laughs> punish for signing garrett temple who like apparently is now part of our starting lineup i don't even know what's going on what's happened with the
1: bulls last year
3: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's i think it's all ridiculous and i think you know just it if your goal is to preserve the integrity of the game or protect small markets or any of that you're not doing it and yeah. and so um i yeah i i Come on, Adam
1: Silver, do better. Yeah. Like I yeah, I've wondered, like the Bulls held out on the Lowry market and stuff. Like they didn't include him in the DeRozan sign and trade. They held out and they got a first round pick back. Like I wonder if they were doing that because they're like, we're gonna need this extra first round pick, because we're gonna lose it <laughs> for the Lonzo thing. Like I, I wouldn't surprise me if that was kind of their mindset there. And it, it was nice to get that first back for Lowry, but there were rumors that it was gonna be Lowry going in the DeRozan sign and trade. And then that for whatever reason that fell apart and they traded that Young in it instead. And a first round pick, so maybe they're like, "Well, yeah, we got to get we got to get a first for Lowry somehow instead." So yeah, really, yeah, it really I, just kind of sucks that it's like bogus some of these teams. I mean, they're talking to guys obviously beforehand. Players are talking to other players. I mean, we hear stuff about how. I mean, LeBron is having meetings with with Demar Derozan and all these guys, and it's like, I mean, how do you enforce man. that? The NBA was
3: totally absent when the whole Anthony Davis situation was going down and how that was orchestrated. And, you know, that's, that's okay. You know, we're going to let that happen, but okay. Anyways.
0: (laughs) We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: Anyway, moving on from that, let's uh, get back to, uh, I guess, Lonzo on the court. Let's talk about his defense. We talked about his offense, but you briefly brought up his defense because I didn't watch a ton of Pelicans last year, but the Pelicans I did watch when they they played the Bulls, I think the Bulls, like, roasted them multiple times. Just guys getting wide open shots from all over the court. There was the one game where Zach and Kobe both hit eight three-pointers, and I'm just like, like, is Lonzo, like, like, because he's got, like, the hype of, like, a good defender. He's got good size, good instincts, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, watching some Pelicans game, and they were just – Awful defensively against the Bulls. I believe they did get better at the end of the season a little bit. Some and in preseason, you brought up he's been really good. He has been really good. Like he in the last game, he had four blocks, three steals. I think in all these games, he's had he's just racking our stuff on the statue with his defense, deflections, and it's just been noticeable from the very start. The first game against the Cavs, his energy defensively and his disruptiveness defensively uh has been super legit. Like we'll see if that carries over to the regular season. Obviously, I hope he does. So, what is your take on Lonzo's defense? Was it was he was it a not listen, not caring about Stan Van Gundy and his system thing? Was it just like the roster? Obviously, with Eric, Eric blood so there was kind of just like a weird some a weird roster construction there as well. Like, is he I mean, it's better than, I don't even know if what he showed is the right way. I just feel like watching the Pelicans when I did, like, it just wasn't good defensively.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. Take on
1: Lonzo's defense.
3: <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. The Pelicans, you know, especially for the first half of the season, were a total disaster uh, defensively. And they, they were playing this scheme that Stan and Gundy wanted to run where they packed the paint at all costs uh, at the expense of threes. And so every every game was a shooting gallery. And, and, you know, like you said, when they played the bulls, Zach and Kobe just got off shots and shots and shots and they, you know, they made it rain. And so with regards to Lonzo, I think his strengths lie more of as an off ball defender in the passing lanes, generating events, creating habit, helping out, um, you know, on drives and stuff, digging in from the nail as a point of attack defender. I think he leaves a lot to be desired. and, And I think he's a bit miscast in that. Uh, not that he can't do it because, you know, he's pretty big and and rangy, so he can, you can put him on a lot of different players, but you know, uh, he gets wiped out with screens pretty frequently, um, to the point where it's not a reliable, you know, it's not something you want to rely on. And so I think, you know, like, I think Alex Caruso for the Bulls specifically would be better suited in that role and it'll allow Lonzo to continue to do what, what he's good at. Um, and so last year, yeah, I mean, I think, um, Bledsoe just kind of mailing it in, whatever, um, did, you know, hurt the Pelicans at the point of attack. And then Lonzo again, because Bledsoe couldn't really like carry his own water, carry his own weight. Um, when Lonzo was put at the point of attack, he was typically tasked with defending some of the better players in the league because you can't put Brandon Ingram on them and you can't put Zion Williamson on. They're going to hide those players. Yeah. So who does the responsibility fall to? Well, it's Lonzo. So, Um, the, his workload was, was considerably high, uh, with regards to that. And so I do think it was a little bit, um, you know, unfair to expect him to like totally excel in, in those situations. And the scheme wasn't, uh, fantastic either, but it's just one of those things where like, it would be like critical moments in a game. Okay. We put you on Dame Lillard. Here comes Nurkic for a screen and you're completely taken out of the play. And, and, and that kind of stuff, you know, it's like, um, that that's hurt that hurts to see because when when you run a pick and roll defense and your point of attack is play, taken out of the play and you have Stephen Adams in space trying to guard a guard it's like okay that that's that's not good and then if it's Zion in space and that's that's not good <laughs> and and you can go down the list of Pelicans players and you're like okay yeah there's not really there's not really a good option there and so ball containment was um, a problem.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean the Bulls do kind of have some of those issues too. Vucevic is slow-footed. Like I wouldn't call him awful defensively, but like he can't really move. I mean he's a drop defender. DeRozan obviously not good. Zach has gotten better, but uh I mean he's still I wouldn't call him good. Mediocre at best. Uh, Patrick Williams is probably going to have a lot of responsibility defensively once he gets healthy, but he's, what, 20 years old, so he's young. That, you mentioned Caruso. I was going to say that as, well, like, Caruso, I think he's going to play a ton of minutes on this team. Like, they got him for the MLE. He could wind up being a huge steal. He's, he's looked awesome. awesome. Yeah, he's he been awesome. really good so far. And, like, they're going to need that point of attack defense a lot for sure. And, yeah, it seems like that will really help Lonzo. So I, I would bet Caruso probably plays 25 ish minutes a game he'll probably be in their a lot of their closing lineups yeah I mean like I
3: think that lineup like with Caruso Lonzo um DeRozan and and Zach with Vucevic that's just gonna murder people I mean there's a lot of uh you know you talk about there's not like that many like sound defenders in DeRozan Vucevic and and Zach but like there's a lot of speed and length and athleticism in, in that lineup and so you can, you can cover a lot of ground if you're properly bought in and sure, you know, you might not be the most technical of all defenders um, or, or units, but you know, they, they, I think it's, it can be good enough. And, you know, Vucevic is such a good rebounder that I don't yeah. think you'll have issues rebounding with that lineup. And I I'm excited to see, um, you know, lineups, those like the Caruso lineups or like, like Levine Caruso lineups. Um, those are, those are going to be a lot of fun. I use a, Probably, I don't want to say he's like the best pickup that you guys had, but it's like the best value pickup yep. that you guys had.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I did a Bulls season preview thing for Forbes, and like that was one of the sections. It was like best like bargain contract you got. I said Caruso because they him from mid level. He's making whatever like eight million this year. 8.6 yeah. million. So like that's, that's just really solid. And he's going to be a lot of help. Yeah. That, that line, if you mentioned there is, I think what a lot of Bulls fans will think will probably be their closing lineup. Uh, cause some of that could depend on how much, how Pat develops, but like to start, I would guess we see Caruso in there and, instead of Pat. And they just really downsize around and play basically four guards around Vucevic. So, yeah. So I guess just to, before we real quick Pelican stuff, I know you got to get out of here quick. I guess you're just take on how the Bulls are going to be there. Again, they're kind of polarizing, uh I feel like you've uh, had some good-natured ribbing of the Bulls and the, and the whole situation on Twitter. Uh I what do you make of them? What do you think uh I guess just a guess at what how good they'll be or like if like I think their over/unders are like 42 43 right now. Do you think they go over that? Do you think where do you think they are like our in this kind of in that Eastern Conference like there's a big just kind of blob there.
3: Yeah, I mean look, I think I think the Bulls have more top-end talent than a lot of those blob teams. Uh so it's hard for me not to just say like OK, you know, when I look at those like, like, OK, teams, it's like there's Charlotte, there's Indiana, there's um, I guess you can put Washington, what, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, and then, you know, like you know, there's New York, um, even like with, with when it comes to New York, it's just like theoretically the Bulls have three all-stars. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Bulls have on, on, on their roster. And, and, and so I just I have a hard time not seeing them be successful in offense i mean i think that offense is going to be great uh especially because billy donovan loves to run a lot of like um heavy guard lineups can their defense be good enough and like i know like people exactly like have already like talked about this It's like okay like what the defense is and like right. i'm oddly you know i'm oddly bullish on it for the regular season i think as a playoff team they, they have a lot of holes that can be exposed yeah. but in the regular season you just need to execute a scheme man and like you just need like okay like I've seen the Charlotte Hornets of the old when Steve Clifford was uh, the coach, and they had Al Jefferson um, manning the the paint, and it's like, yeah, they 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 had a really good defense because they didn't turn the ball over, so opponents didn't you know get a register transition opportunities. They they rebounded the heck out of it, so there wasn't any offensive rebound opportunities for the opponent, and and they're gonna just play the analytics, so they're gonna play a conservative drop, and they're gonna they're going to force you into mid range shots and you, you beat them, you beat them, you don't. And then you have to try to outscore them on the other end. And so I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised the bulls hitting the over, um, on the, on the 42 mark. The question gets dicey if injuries begin to happen, because yeah. I'm not a fan of the bulls death, uh, particularly in, in the front court. Yeah. It's um, questionable for sure. Yeah. And you know, like I think Derek Jones jr. Uh, interesting player, just not sure you know if how much you can rely on him um you know pat williams i'm a huge fan of i mean i think he was my f- favorite player in the that draft class um you know love pat williams and and hopefully he can continue to develop but uh behind Vucevic, it's just like yeah man, bradley
1: alizé johnson not, m- right. not much proven gets, stuff there it gets yeah. dicey
3: and yeah. you know like and and so i'm curious to see it, how billy donovan will, will handle that kind of adversity if it pops up
1: yeah, that's totally fair. Uh obviously I'm a bit of a homer, so I think they're gonna get to go over. I we'll see. I'm hoping like mid forties, something like that. Because they do have the talent, like you said, top end talent in the regular season. If they stay healthy, I feel like they should be able to bum slay and then win steal some games against the better team. So we'll see. Real quick here, we'll finish on some Pelicans talk. I guess you, you Garrett Temple is starting for the Pelicans right now.
3: I mean, nobody knows
1: about anything with the Pelicans. I see Zion is them? a just complete who knows does a oh, hands yeah. in the air. What the heck's going on there? I saw yeah, Willie green so- saying today that like, they're still waiting on his scans on his foot. And it's like, and that was like, a, he said that a couple days ago he was getting scans and I are still waiting. The season's a week away. Like I, when David Griffin came out and said on me today that he was going to be ready for the start of the season, my guess was no, that he's not going to be. And, and that obviously that came out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, the right. fact that he had broken his foot. So it just like, yeah, it just seems weird. Obviously, you get the other the Zion drama is a whole other conversation in general. But like, I mean, how are you feeling about the team going there? And like, is, is how's like sadransky looked uh, and all that stuff? Bro,
3: oh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> you know, everything regarding Zion and his injuries is always the the Bermuda Triangle. Like, nothing comes out and things just disappear. So. I I don't think he's going to be ready to start the season as he, even though it was him himself who was like, I will be ready. Game one He promised us. Okay. So uh, I don't know who's going to replace him in the starting lineup in the preseason. They've been starting Garrett temple. um, But Brandon Ingram has also missed three out of the four games of the preseason and they've had, you know, they've moved around different pieces. I would personally hate it if Garrett Temple is starting. I just think there's better wing talent to put on there. Uh, you know, I, the Pelicans need to figure out what their guard rotation is going to be. But personally, I would like to see a starting lineup of Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, and or Najee Marshall. I prefer Trey because he's a better shooter. I understand not wanting to put a rookie in that spot. Yeah. So, you know, you put Najee out there and then Jonas Valanciunas. I, I would, that's the combination that I would like. Um, and then, you know, just kind of figure out what to do with the bench. Ideally, Garrett Temple gets zero minutes because you have Josh Hart on the bench. You have, uh, like I said, one of Trey Murphy or Najee Marshall on the bench. You have Herbert Jones, uh, who is a, is a rookie, but I think he looks fantastic and could probably do with the, more with the minutes than, than Temple can. Um, I, I do think Sanoransky... Uh, gets more minutes than than expected initially, uh, especially because he's just one of those players that coaches are going to trust off the bench. Solid
1: vet off the bench. Yeah, just, you know,
3: he's, he plays within himself, maybe to a fault.
1: Yeah, definitely. And,
3: <laughs> For and sure. So I think he's going to get the minutes. So we'll, we'll figure that out. But, you know, the preseason's just been a mess. The Pelicans yeah. have <laughs> been like down 30 points in every single game they've been in. And and so nobody knows nobody knows what the hell is going to happen October 20 um, when when the season starts I certainly not me and when you ask the coaching staff and you ask Willie Green he doesn't give you a straight answer so Griff is going to come out with a, some sort of update on Zion this week it's going to be a mess.
1: Fun times, man. I, I I must say, I do, I am happy about the Bulls not being a mess so far. We'll see what happens, but uh, they've been such a mess for a few years. It's nice to not be the team that's a complete hot mess. So uh, hopefully everything works out. Obviously Zion is awesome when he's healthy. Love to watch him play. So hopefully he is able to get back on the court and obviously the Pelicans have a very intriguing team when he is there. So I'm really hoping for your, for your guys' sake that he's back soon, that he stays healthy, but yeah, huge question marks in and out. All right. No, it, little, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, please let our listeners know where uh, you can shout yourself out again. Shout out the pod uh, and all that good stuff.
3: Yeah, uh, so Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, I host a podcast with Mason Ginsburg okay. called in, in The Know, which is spelled N-O like New Orleans, um, In The Know. And then you can find my writing at bourbonstreetshots.com and you can follow me on Twitter where I will kindly remind you that the Pelicans have more national TV games than the bulls, uh, at fear, the Brown. <laughs> yeah. So that's everywhere you can find me.
1: Oh man. Uh, awesome, man. Thank you again. Sh- 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 this was great stuff. Great insight on Lonzo, all this good stuff. I been—I mean, literally, me and Ricky had been talking about having you and Mason on for the longest time. And they were like, I was like, we're going to wait for, uh, the tampering <laughs> investigation, like have those results come out. And then we'll have you guys on to talk about it. And of course the investigation results have not come out yet in the season starting in a week. So I'm like, we got to make this happen at least We're all- and meeting, just me and you, but maybe another time we'll try to get all four of us on together, but this was great. Thank you so much. Uh, i would said good luck to your Pelicans and uh, we'll see what happens with all the Zion stuff. Thanks man. Uh, Appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so for us here at cash considerations, as always shout out to the blue wire network, nice little blue wire crossover going on right here. Check out, Commit's pod in the know. Check out all the other great pods across the Blue Wire network. we got the NBA season coming up. Obviously, go check out all those great NBA pods. we got MLB playoffs. We're in the middle of the NFL season. So much good stuff happened at Blue Wire, so go, please check out all that stuff out. Us here at Cash Considerations, H. Bulls podcast. As always, please give us those five-star ratings. Give us those reviews. That helps us out. Uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those good places. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky, who's not here, but I'll shout him out. He is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, next coming up, the Bulls got one more one more preseason game. That's Friday against the Grizzlies. We will probably not have another pod this week, but we'll probably then come, be back with a Bulls season preview pod sometime either early early, early, over the weekend or early next week. So uh, thanks again to Schmidt for joining me, and we'll talk to you guys next time.